0: born with one or more of these gifts. What a, what a brilliant uh, idea God had to give humanity gifts from on high. And then, how many know that you can squelch that gift? You, you can bury that gift. You cannot know. You go through your whole life, 70, 80 years, never operate. What, you know, God wants you to, to your fullest in that. And so we don't, we don't want to be that. We don't want to be those people. Amen? 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve. Somebody shout, serve. And we said this last week that it literally means active service. And one translation says, kicking up dust because you're on the move. <laughs> kicking up dust because you're on the move. And, and kind of yesterday was that way. It was about 40 plus people came out with all the kids. And, and I mean, they were kicking up dust, you know, serving and blessing the kingdom of God. So, the Romans 12 gifts are right here listed. Last, we talked about prophecy. We'll just touch on service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. Uh, um, And we said this about prophecy according to 1 Corinthians 14. Paul encourages, now watch this, everyone to pursue the gift of prophecy. The primary purpose of the prophetic ministry is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort believers so once you get that that so we're we're encouraged in the scripture to, to uh, this gift of prophecy so there's this thing about desiring we talked about the last few weeks desiring have that desire of god's spiritual gifts so the one who prophesies edifies the church prophecy may also bring conviction of sin to unbelievers who happen to be visiting the gathering of god's people such as even here today And the scripture talks about in uh, verses 24 and 25, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. And so the Holy Spirit right now, even as I share and speak the word of God, uh, he's dealing with the hearts of people. And he's dealing, and in some it may be conviction in certain areas of their life. And we said this last week that a prophet prophesies, but one who prophesies is not necessarily a prophet. And we don't want to get in for the sake of time. We touched on that. You You can watch that. Online, uh, as we address some of that, but let me just say this: prophecy is designed by God to be normative. It's something that shouldn't be abnormal. It shouldn't be something like what you know—that's just amazing. We haven't seen anything like that. Should be normative in the Church of God. Can you say Amen? And we said this: that how can we grow in our gift of prophecy? And let me just dive into something here. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I, I really feel this is important because I think it's indicative as. Maybe you heard my wife and my daughter share last week on Mother's Day how we orchestrated our family and, and how that related to, to many of you, and heard comments from some people that have said it really challenged some of you in your walk of faith, which is a good thing. So, how do we grow? How do we grow in these gifts? Let me just say this I believe that when we are submitted and planted in a local healthy church, we're going to flourish. I, I'm not saying that as a pastor. I've said it as a pastor, but I'm not saying that to validate that you need to be in church because I'm a pastor. That's up to you. (laughs) You had the answer before the Lord. But I know it's the most healthy thing in my life at 58 years to plug into a local church. And as Kim shared, when these graduates leave, my wife and I, in the various journeys, the Lord had us where I was not in ministry. I was a dry cleaner. I may know what that is. I took stains out of people's clothes. Some of them were nasty. Now I take stains out of their hearts. Amen? Amen. So the Lord is good. Amen? And so, so before that, I would plug in a finer church. Where can we, where we move? And people just make a decision. Say, yo, man, I got a new job raise, and I'm going to be going. We're going to be making six, you know, digit plus. We're going to be raking in the dough. Do you have a local church for your family? Have you plugged into it? Am I speaking to anybody this morning? I'm, I'm passionate about before I was a pastor, before. I was passionate about it, because I know what a lifeline. See, man did not create the local church Jesus did. Amen. He said, "I will build my church. That's right. It's God's idea. <clears throat> so that's the Lord's idea. So I, I believe that we flourish, according to Psalms 92:13. talks about those that are plugged in, they'll thrive. One translation says you'll blossom we're seeing that today with plants you'll grow and flourish all those things are positive to me. they're all positive. Uh, listen, the moment I show up in the church that the, you know the church is imperfect because I me mean, I'm just telling you and now I don't know about you I think you all are perfect but but uh, when I show up it becomes imperfect. Am I speaking to anybody? <laughs> So, so it, it's messy at times. It's just messy. It's just the way it is, but it's God created that way. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So uh, the word, and sometimes talking about submit, it has negative connotations. I get that. Uh, it comes from the Greek word uh, hupotasso. It actually means to put, to willingly put oneself under authority of another. It actually, in its essence, means to obey. It's what it means. Uh, it's a divine viewpoint, uh, actually, the connotation. And actually, it means to arrange. And it's actually a military term. It's a military term. And it means to arrange troops in divisions uh, and fashion under the, the commandment of a leader. And so at times, being in the Marine Corps, we did a lot of drill. And those of you who've been in the military you did a lot of drill. Get up, and you drill, and you drill, and you march. And But they would say, when we were kind of scattered around, uh, the platoon sergeant would say, formation. Everyone here that knows what to do. They get in line, and they touch, and they stand, and they get they're lined up. That's actually what it means, uh, this word to submit. Formation. Let's get together. Let's do something. When the church is in formation, powerful things happen. I remember going to Paris Island, and the drill instructor, before we could blouse our boots, and we would just look like, raggedy old shaved heads and half tanned. And we were there the first week and he brought us up. I can remember pretty much everyone been in boot camp remembers their drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Asino, scared the heaven out of me. And he said, I want you to look at those third phase troops that after 13 weeks, not 13 years, in 13 weeks, they marched amazing. I think there's no way this bag of bandits are going to March like that in 13 weeks. Because there was guys that, you know, let, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And in 13 weeks, we were the honor platoon. We would snap and pop rifles and went, it's amazing. If the world can do that in 13, come on people, 13, the church can come to formation. Amen? And so here's the thing. Let me just set the record straight. I have zero desire to control anyone's life. Zero desire. But I have 100%, 110% desire to see you fulfill what God has for your life. Okay? But I don't want to control. I have, I have enough things to deal with my own life. I don't want to control anybody's life. That's not even on my radar. But I do desire you to step in. And so for us to willingly get in formation is huge. And the enemy doesn't like it. He does not like formation. All right, I spent a lot of time on that. So Romans 12, uh, these Romans 12 uh, gift, let's see, uh, help me along here. Serving, so very quickly, I'm just going to share some characteristics, and then I'm going to invite those that, that this is resonate with you, and maybe you've done one of the tests or out there, assessments, maybe I could say uh, that you really feel, you know, this is really my heart, I have a serving gift, and, and if there's anything maybe negative in this gift, it's because it's reflected in my own life. So just know that, that, yeah, I kind of struggled with that in the past. So serving. Those with the motivational gift of serving are the hands of the body of Christ. They are concerned with meeting the needs of others, and they are highly motivated doers. Some shout doers. They are the people that like to see stuff done. Some of them may tend to overcommit, but they find joy in serving and meeting short-term goals. Uh, they, uh, demonstrate, they demonstrate love by meeting practical needs. Did you hear that? They show love by meeting practical needs. Where others may smile and hug and make you a cake. They like to do stuff. Okay? They like to do physical works. They are doers. Um, <clears throat> the server is available to see a project through to the end. And a lot of times they enjoy doing actual physical work. Getting stuff done. Some more characteristics of the gift of serving. Uh, people that have this gift are always alerted to meet the practical needs of other people. Uh, just in general, just uh, they make great nurses or caretakers, uh, hospice workers, groundskeepers, and they like to see the things get done. And that's not a, an exhaustive category. And there's CEOs that are servers. There's you know owners and uh, of companies, and they just they just have that gift. Uh, When they see people who are hurting, they want to meet their practical needs quickly. They can have a tendency to get impatient with other people that aren't meeting the needs. Um, One of the negative sides is that they don't understand, and this is me, in the past, why everyone else doesn't see what needs to get done. (laughs) See, you can tell, that's that's Mike, that's him. (laughs) They can walk in a room... And they can see certain things that need to get done, and they'll go to work, but watch this. They'll look to others standing around thinking, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> I've, grown, I've grown in victory over that, because the fellowship needs to happen, amen, and the smiles and the hugs. And so really, really, God kind of brought me through a lot of that. And so they kind of, but, but, but you know, some of the negatives is they, people standing around, it's like, do we not see the coffee that's? spilled out to the bag and dripping on the floor, and, you know, they see it, they, you know, or why is there a mound of ice out front, and people are stepping and slipping, did anyone think to salt it, come on somebody, come on. Come on. all right, anyhow, <clears> the <throat> Lord is good, uh, I could go on, but I'm just revealing so much about me, uh, there may be other factors going on. You wonder, why, why, why? But it may be because they don't have the same motivational gift of serving. And I've come to that place. That, you know what? They're passionate about something else. So there's no judgment. Amen? Amen? Really, there is him. And so, uh, but here's the thing where, and I've had to learn this too, where too, how do I say this? Too much serving or serving at the wrong time. There, there, there's an adjustment. So there's a little illustration many of you know about Mary and Martha, right? The story, Luke 10. Jesus replied, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the, some shall, good portion. And it will not be taken away from her. Now watch this. Martha, I believe, has gotten a bad rap over the years the reason Jesus liked to stop at their house, that woman could cook. <laughs> you, think Jesus, you think Jesus is going to go to a bad restaurant more than once? <laughs> he showed up at that house. It's like, that lady can put on the spread. And he knew. he just sit there and she made everything come together. But the fault, I think, or with Martha was this thing about much service or many things. In the Greek, it means, now watch this, it means, to elaborate pre- too elaborate preparation, say that again, too elaborate preparation. Now now let me just temper this, which seen, uh, excuse me, which so engrossed her attention that she missed the teaching of Jesus. If Jesus actually showed up here on a Sunday morning physically he's here spiritually and he was teaching, would we linger in the foyer or be out somewhere? Come, come on, somebody. Amen? We're going to be like sitting, kneeling like Christ is here physically. He's here spiritually. I want to throw that out. So she got in a bad rap. She was a great cook. But in this moment, Mary gave Jesus her undivided attention. Sitting at Jesus' feet signifies the readiness to receive his word with undivided devotion. How many see that? Say amen. So this is where Martha missed it. How many know that there's a time to prepare and there's a time to receive? Okay? And I've gone this. I'll give you a, a negative example, something that I actually regret. Uh, I was When my wife and I were out in Boston and working for the family business, dry cleaning, I was a head dry cleaner, and, and uh, my grandmother had passed away in upstate New York. And so they're all going to the funeral, but it was just this skewed... I didn't really gather but my father's like we've got all this work to be done and whatever but then we have the funeral and it's like what do you want me to do and so I read into it you need to stay here and do all of this dry cleaning over the whole weekend all these loads we're so far behind so I said okay I'll handle everything and you all go up to the funeral well I was there doing it all and then they came back and the first thing he says man you missed it you should have been up there (laughs) oh man (laughs) <laughs> I thought you wanted me, but, but I missed that moment. I should have just said, you know what? How many of you know folding the clothes? I need to go to my grandmother's funeral. Amen. You know what I mean? So I just think about that. And so that really spoke to me. Uh, when I think about this thing about a time to prepare, um, I think about in Dallas, Texas, this wonderful lady, Kim, and her husband at that time. And she, she was from North Dakota. We knew her in Bible school. And she could lay out a spread. This lady was amazing. So she said, we want to invite you over for dinner. And Juan and I, we just bought our first table. It was $270. It was glass, right? And it had kind of the little, I want to call it velvet. Velvet. It was like, this is back in the 80s. (laughs) And and it was like, we saved up a lot to get that. And it was like, you know, and if you lean too much on it, it would flip, you know, anyhow it was like three or maybe four chairs. We were so proud of that. When we came to her house, I don't know, it was this beautiful table. And we were just awed by it. But she spent so much attention to every one of the, how many of the napkins, the way you fold it, the goblets. And I felt like I should be in the corner, you know, eating crackers. Like, uh, uh, you know, I take my shoes. It was like a king spread. And she loved it. There's nothing wrong with that if you have that desire to do that, and that is, that is so honoring. But when it comes to hear the word of the, the, word of God preached, let's fold that thing down and let's sit at the master's feet. Amen? All right, just throwing that out there. Much preparation. People with the serving gift get energized by serving. They'll even sacrifice their own personal funds to meet needs of others in need. Uh, a lot of times, they have the mindset they don't want to go through a lot of red tape. Uh, sometimes they're usually like working alone, but not always. They have an ability to remember the likes and the dislikes of of others, and uh, so they'll learn that quickly. And when they serve others, uh, they know the type of coffee uh, or the type of sandwich and really good service. If you go to certain cof- coffee shops, and I remember one tremendous gal years ago, and she knew everybody's name. She knew about their family. You walk in, you feel like you should be part of my family. And she was amazing. I'm like, I said, you know what? You would be a great door greeter at the church. I actually told her that one day, and she would, but she just was had that serving. Yes, it's good business sense, but they kind of go beyond that. It's the it's the gift in action. How many see that? Say Amen. They have a need for sincere appreciation. They can detect. Uh, excuse me. Can detect insincerity. And I've witnessed people with this gift, they can feel hurt, at times offended, if you don't show them appreciation for their serving. They're willing to go the extra mile to see the job get done. They get frustrated with time limits, and they're quick workers, and and they go right at it. They just tackle the job. Sometimes people with the gift of serving may seem pushy in their eagerness to serve. Uh, They may even like their. At times it may seem like they're trying to advance themselves, uh, or they're kind of maybe some, you can kind of read that maybe they're looking for some kind of public appreciation of themselves, and yeah, you know, that may be at times that's a, a grace issue, a humility, but the truth of the matter is they just love serving people. They just love serving people. And here's something, they find it difficult when you try to serve them very awkward. They're always giving, they're always doing, and then you try to help them. They don't. It's like, and I remember this. I feel that because I, I I believe I have this, this serving gift. Uh, I served in this church, uh, the Destiny Church. It was Country Bible at the time, and I was their youth director in missions, and and then they had a school bus that they bought, and the school bus blew up. So then I started like, I'll pull the engine apart. Pastor's pastor was like, okay, I'll help. And, and, and so we rebuilt the motor, and and it was was just doing all these things and well we had a van the van was 300,000 miles on it and the engine blew and then I rebuilt it and then it was just problems with other things it just it was like if you looked at consumer reports it said the worst van to buy is that van i'm like man i would have spent the 20 bucks that you know anyhow to know that on consumer but but what they did the church and they were they were so magnanimous. They were so kind. Pastor Steve got about 10 couples, businessmen and women, and just whatever in the church, and said, hey, we want to lease for three years a van for Mike and Rhonda. And they blessed us. And so on top of that, so I didn't know this, it was my birthday. And so they said, well, we're going to celebrate your birthday and they just lavished, and they, a lady cooked a steak, and they set me on a, like a round table like that in front of everyone. It was the most awkward thing. I was dying a thousand deaths. You know, like, I feel like, what are you all eating, you know? <laughs> there are crackers, you know. It was this, I was like, stop this, I'm dying. And then, then when it was all over, after the cake and everything else, they opened the door, and they had this van, and we just had our kids, and they were infants, and it was, um, it was a huge blessing, but I felt very, very awkward. <laughs> Amazing gift, but I felt very awkward. So, they have a desire to meet practical needs. They may be judged for their lack of, at times, being spiritual, just natural, practical. Well, let, let's, you know, let's just, you know, think about some spiritual things. Well, they, they see things a lot That practically need to get done. I'm almost done here. Those with the gift of serving can at times neglect their own families. Let me say that again. Those with the gift of not those who don't have the gift of serving, those with the gift of serving can neglect their families. They're so busy, they're so excited about serving. And uh, they're so energized by serving. They're out serving everybody. But here's the thing without a healthy perspective and boundaries, They can fail to serve the very people that they live with. I read this. It said in each day there are 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. And every one of them is a precious gift from God. So we should manage them well. Some people with this gift tend to not submit to authority. And i am just kind of end with this. I don't mean this to be heavy at all. But it was an area I needed to, to, to grow in. I have numerous examples in this. It was kind of, you know, a loose cannon. And, and I didn't mean to be because I wanted to serve. But you overstep. How many know what I'm saying? You overstep uh, at times, buckhead. At times. Because why? You're going to do your own thing because you see the need and you feel you're right. This is a need. I, get, I, I understand that. And we can get very passionate about that. Very serious about that. If anyone speaks anything like, maybe this is the time, this is the moment, they are so unspiritual. They don't, I know I'm right. Let me just say this about authority. Especially if you travel overseas and you, you see the abject poverty, the many countries I've been in. There was one time back in the early 90s, I almost brought a little boy home. I almost took him. He was naked, little one and a half year old boy, the dad, kicked out of the house. He had all these kids. We we're in Ukraine, we were in this remote village. And, and the missionary was talking to me. I'm like, What happened? Was, they had nine, ten kids. The father said, I'm sick of taking care of all you kids. Get out. He threw them out. So the kids just lived outside around the house. And he was naked. He was playing with a little plastic bottle. I, it was just the cutest little boy. And I, I, was, I was so close to getting out of the bus. I'm like, Pete, I want to take him. He's like, how are you going to get him back in the country, you know? By the way, you know, i got my passport. He's not old enough to have a passport. But I didn't care at that time. I just wanted to take care of him. I'm going to hear what I'm saying. Amen. It was just, when you see that, and so you can, you, this tendency to, you know, buck authority. Understanding and embracing God's authority, the Bible says, is great faith. Let's say that again. When we understand God's authority, Jesus says that's great faith. We hear the story about the centurion. People seek positional authority, but first need to learn submissional authority. And I need to see that in my life. Working under, working under other leaders. Working, serving. The military helped me with that. In Bible school, had a rebellious streak in me. Did I tell you the story about one time I see the RoboCop movie? Some of you shaking your head. I was not supposed to go see. I, you know, RoboCop or whatever. And so we had this one guy. He goes, hey, man, I got tickets. You go to the theater. So we're in Bible school. Like, oh, well, let's go. I didn't know. So I went. And then then he went and squealed to the, to, to, the, to the leaders there. And they said, they brought us in. You guys, you want to see the RoboCop movie? I went, yeah. And he's standing right there. His name was Andy. I'm like, what? You you betrayer? He's like smiling at us. And they said, well. And I started to get upset. Who do you, you know, what is this thing? And, and they said, listen, we can throw you out of the school here if you're not going to comply. Ooh, I didn't want that. But I said, I'm sorry. I said, what do you want me to do? He's like, okay, you got four hours, and you got to go clean the men's bathroom. So, amen. I mopped. I learned a lesson. I need to submit to authority. I'm going to close with this here. Second Corinthians 121. You can stand if you would, please. I'm going to ask those to come forward in a moment. <clears throat> Here's the thing. A person whose heart is right in serving is to draw people to Jesus, not themself. Did you, did you... It's a passionate gift. At times it can be misunderstood. It's a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. But... We can have a tendency to draw people to ourselves. We don't want to do that. How many know we want to draw people to Christ, right? And at times it's easy to throw money in situations, and and we can, you know, look important, and and I've fallen and succumbed to that, and that was a humility, a a, a lesson in humility I had to learn. And I think a lot of times you want to do stuff, do it anonymously. (laughs) Amen. I want to bless something or whatever, can we just do this anonymously? That kind of will help that pride of life thing. submit it. Amen? 2 Corinthians one twenty one is a very powerful verse. I conclude with this here. Now it is God who establishes and confirms us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and who has anointed us, empowering us with the gifts of the Spirit. Let me break that down very quickly. I want you to notice there's a progression in this verse. I see it that way. The first part is God establishes us in his house. That's where we become rooted and planted. That's the heart of God for every believer. Gets you established, rooted and planted, and confirms us in joint fellowship with you in Christ. We see you. You're at church. We know you. We know your life. People know your life. Other believers see you. And then they begin to see the grace and gifts, like man, that person got service on them, or there's a teaching gift on him, or you know, whatever, whatever it may be. And then the second thing is confirmed by spiritual leaders in the church. There's a confirmation. People see that. And then, thirdly, what does it say? They are anointed, anointed and empowered with gifts. Anointed and empowered. See, we want to reverse the process, or we don't even want to go, we want the anointing and the gifts. But we don't, come on somebody, we don't want to be established in the house. We don't want to be confirmed in joint fellowship. We just got to be loose cannons. Do your own thing. (laughs) Did I say that life-giving? Really try. I'm smiling. You're all precious to God. You all have gifts. Every single one of you. Every single one of you has a gift. Jesus says, use your gifts well. So as I conclude here, I want to invite those that you, you sense. Of course, now I, remember everything negative about the serving gift I was saying is me, okay? But there's so many blessings of those that serve. The kingdom of God moves forward. The church moves forward in strength because those with the gift of serving. I'm not going to strong-arm anybody, but you say, Pastor Mike, I have that gift of serving. I want you to come forward. And we're going to pray for you right now. Thank you. God bless you as you come. Thank God. Thank God. Come on forward. Yeah. You got this gift of serving. You see it. You jump in. Now, for some of you, maybe it's been sitting idle. I don't know. Some of you, it's just active. It's just active. You're just constantly serving in God's house and and blessing the kingdom of God. What a blessing. And so I'd ask you, I'm just going to lay hands on them very quickly, and this is what I felt the Lord said as we started this series, to say in a very brief prayer, stir up the gift of God within them. And so if you would, if you don't mind, stretch your hands as we pray. I'm going to just do this and walk down the front here in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Lord, for these gifts. Stir up the gift of God. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you for the gift of serving. Thank you, Lord. Stir, Stir up the gift of God. Stirring up stirring up that gift of God. We thank you right now. Activate. 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 Thank you, Father God, for that gift of serving. Yes, thank you for serving, for serving in the house of God. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of God in serving. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the gift. Yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that gift being stirred. We thank you for the serving, for the serving. Thank you for the gift of serving in Jesus' name, the gift of serving, serving in the house of God. We thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. The servers in the house of God, God bless you. You may return to your seats. I want to invite all the workers to come forward and we're going to conclude. Thank you for your attentiveness. Uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll continue in this series. But next week, We'll uh, celebrate in honor on Memorial Day, uh, uh, the fallen, but also uh, Pentecost Sunday as we share about that grace and how it's impacted my life and how God desires for each and every one of you. These are safe people. They're here to minister and pray for you. If there's any uh, needs you may have, um, they'll stand in agreement in faith with you. Let's conclude here this morning. You're here this morning as that, pastor. I, I'm not right with Jesus. I need the Lord in my life. I recognize my need. The Bible says for all have sinned. Fall short to God's standard. The only way to receive forgiveness is to repent and believe the good news as the scripture says. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to surrender your life to him. You have the authority to do that. God has given you the power to do that. It's He who saves, but you have a choice, I believe, in the matter. To be willingly to receive Christ. That's you here today and say, I don't know about that assurance of salvation, but I want it. And I want to step in to the grace and gifts that God has for me. I don't want to miss what God has for me in my life. Pray with me as we pray together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your Spirit. I make a decision today to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.